Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Most sales individuals think about themselves. Today on episode 509 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with the CEO of eBooms, Andrew Izumi. I'm going to ask Andrew how he has developed the mindset that focuses on all the parties that need to win in order for a sale to be beneficial in the long run, and much more. You can find out more about Andrew along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Now, before we jump into this incredibly important topic with Andrew, I want to talk to you about how much repeating patterns are costing you. Those patterns are the ones that constantly put you back in debt and have you pick the wrong kind of relationships. They're the ones that keep you stuck. Do you want to put an end to your repeating patterns and finally smash the plateau? Check out the free training offered by our friends, Live at Choice. You can access it at liveatchoice.com slash positive thinking. Now let's welcome Andrew Izumi. With over a decade of experience selling for Fortune 500 companies and serving Fortune 10s, Andrew knows what it takes to be a top 5%er. Having sold over $100 million worth of products, he fully understands how to help others in business explode their ideas and dreams. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, David. I really do appreciate it, and it's an honor to be on. Um, it's great to have you, Andrew, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I know that there are so many people who are good at sales themselves, and they're really good at helping others at sales, and many have been on this show. What's unique about your method? So what a lot of sales individuals don't really talk about, well, let's let's move on to what a lot of sales individuals do talk about. People will often talk about exactly what sort of a sales script that they need to use. Maybe it's a follow-up method. Uh, some people like to sell online. Some people like to sell in person. Um, some people like to give presentations in, in, in front of a large stage. There's many different sales methodologies. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I've seen many of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. So everybody does have their unique spin on things. Um, I've actually talked to individuals who are more introverted, you know, not your typical sales individual, and they have ways of selling through an introvert. On the alternative, I've met other people who are very much of a type A personality or really like to drive that sale forward fast. Now, what I found in business is that all of these methodologies do work and they work for different people. But how I, going back to the core of the question, how I like to differentiate myself from others is I like to think of sales as almost a partnership, if you will. And this is my it's not my methodology. It's just the methodology of having to win, win, win. There are almost, if not always, three individuals or three different aspects in the sale. There's yourself, whoever's going to be the salesman or the manufacturer, whoever has the product that's looking to sell something. There's going to be the customer. And there's usually somebody that's in between. So we like to call this a distributor, which could be... Um, if for an example, this would be like your Walmart. There's the customer, there's the person who manufactures the product, and then there's Walmart. There's the person that houses the product, or maybe it's the person that's making the connection between the two. And if it's a win, 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 it's more of a partnership. And also, what's nice about this is that the sale will always continue. If there's a good purchasing or buying experience, then it'll happen again and again and again and again without any sort of obstacles that come into place. 
Now, is that true whether it's a transactional sale or a recurring sale? It is. Your the whole goal is to make that transactional sale turn into a recurring sale. Um, if it's not already a continuity program or a continuity product. So let's say if I have a, I'm looking at my telephone right now here, David, and my telephone is I've I've recently switched from a Apple telephone to a Samsung telephone, and I was shocked because. The level of support that I actually got from Samsung way surpassed Apple. And I know I may get a lot of people, you know, yelling at me for that comment, but the way that I was able to call into Samsung, get my problems fixed, they could tell me what specific technical data or information that I needed, and they didn't reroute me to leaving my house and going to the Apple store and waiting in line. I was really appreciative of that. So they actually made a believer out of me and They've actually got a con- customer that'll buy the S10 model, that'll buy the S11, the, the the Galaxy, so on and so forth that comes out in the future. So by creating a win-win-win for them, you know, the other side of that partner was Verizon is my carrier. By creating that win-win-win solution, not only do they benefit by getting a customer for life, I benefit by getting a cell phone that I really enjoy using, and Verizon also gets a customer for life. So it's really a win-win-win for everybody. That makes total sense to me. Uh, Andrew, when you said that that what most people do when they're doing sales is to think about a the way that they're most comfortable selling, how is that different than thinking about a win-win-win because you still have to sell? So isn't the methodology like the wh- whether you're using a, a script or or your best on a stage or your best one-on-one don't you also have to take that into consideration? You do have to take that into consideration. Most people that are selling, or at least that I've found, do not think about whatever that third party is. They think about the win-win and they try to focus on the win. Oh, let me backtrack a little bit. I'm going to say it. Most sales individuals think about themselves because oftentimes we are commission-based. We think about, okay, what can I do to put money in my pocket? Because if I don't make the sale, I don't get my 30%. I don't get my 10%. I don't get my 50%, whatever the commission rate is. So that's most sales individuals. And it's very, um, it's very, very fundamental. Um, It also makes a lot of sense. If you don't make the sale, you don't make any money. So like, why even do it in the first place if you can't make a sale? Then there are other individuals who think about the win-win. They think about their customer and say, oh, great. Well, you know, Mr. Customer, Mrs. Customer, what is it that's going to benefit you? And they do understand that if they benefit the customer, then it's a more likelihood or a higher percentage that they're going to make the sale. But oftentimes, we as sales individuals think about that third party that's involved. So what about the other person that's in that decision-making process? Is there any benefit to them? Like, Do do they really even matter and they come into the process? So a lot of people don't focus on that specific part. Does that make sense, David? Yeah, the the third person being the manufacturer. So- at its core, we often think about the manufacturer, like whatever, who holds the physical product. So in, in this case, this would be like it, my, myself and the Samsung telephone. Myself would be the customer. Samsung would be the manufacturer. But there's got to be that third person to get me. Like So a Samsung telephone doesn't really do me any good if I don't have a service provider, correct? Correct. And even if I had a horrible service provider, oh, let's say, even if I had a fantastic telephone, this telephone was top of the line, like a crown jewel. And I got it, but my service provider was horrible and they couldn't get me a cell phone signal, the stuff like I would get drop calls, things of that nature. 
there's a high likelihood that I would blame that on the telephone. I would say, you know what, Samsung, uh, this is horrible. I get a bunch of drop calls. Your software must be faulty. I never get a signal anywhere. Maybe your antenna is bad, something like that. But if Samsung comes into the picture and they say, you know what, we need to be able to partner with, so I have Verizon and I'm very happy with Verizon. We need to be able to partner with Verizon because we know that your cell phone towers are across the nation and you have XYZ number of towers across a certain um, square mile radius. We know that if we make everything come into place, that your customer is going to be happy. And not only are they going to praise you, Sam, uh, you Verizon, but they're also going to praise us, Samsung. And that way, everybody's happy throughout that transaction. They really don't come into any sort of place where they really have to gamble on whether they think it's going to work or, the, or, or they're not. Right. So then how does the, what I think what you were talking about is um, a mindset issue for the person who is commission-based, who's part of this whole relationship. Mm -hmm. And how does that person that is commission-based obtain a different mindset that is not in conflict of interest with the other parties that are part of the sale? Well, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, definitely. You never want to think, I mean, you never want to have any sort of conflict of interest. The big thing is you do have to listen. You have to ask a lot of questions and you got to be able to see the picture in its entirety. So this isn't just two people that are sitting inside of a room and they're just trying to hash things out. You just think of every single uh, part of the equation that's involved. So with the telephone example, we'll go back to it. It's the telephone, it's myself, it's the consumer, but it's also Verizon or it's also whoever the carrier is. Without the carrier, the cell phone is pretty much useless. So you have to be able to see outside of your little bubble. You have to be see, able to see what other players are involved and bring them into the negotiation, You know, bring them into the picture to make sure that everybody is pleased. It makes sense. And Andrew, how have you evolved in your own business into the your current place as a business owner selling other people's products and services? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. So well, I do I do a little bit of work for this one company. Uh, they'll re remain nameless for the sake of this episode. But so what I've done to evolve myself into that strategy is I, I so I do consulting and I do also selling with these companies. And it's great because I'm thinking of more, I'm thinking more of just myself. So this is more about, okay, so how many of these products can sell, can I sell? And, you know, maybe I can put $10,000 into my pocket over the course of a week, or maybe I can put $20,000 into my pocket over the course of a week. I have to think outside of that scope. I mean, there's, there's the win-win where I do have to think, okay, so what's the benefit of the company that I'm working with right now? What are they going to see? Do they see somebody who can lead their team? Do they see somebody who can rearrange their pipeline or their sales structure to make sure that it's more efficient in the end? But obviously, it's a little bit more than that, too, because I have to think about the customers that are actually coming into their company. So when I think about the customers that are coming into their company, I think about, okay, so if I'm bringing the right customers into their company, and I'm, I'm not just trying to sell anybody and everybody. Are bringing the customers into their company that are going to be successful with their product or their program. You know, those testimonials are going to allow this company to be able to grow. So not only is it a win for the customer because they're actually going to see a positive result out of whatever their product or service is. Like that, that, that makes sense, correct? Yes. But it's also positive for myself because when I get the customer in line, I, you know, to take, take my money, I put it directly into my pocket, which means I can go on vacation or eat a fancy dinner or, or this or that. So it's great for me. 
So a lot of people would say, you know what? Two things are done. That's perfect. Customer's happy. I'm happy. What else do we need to do? Let's move right on to the next one. But we also got to think, okay, so what does the company need? So when I'm thinking about the company, okay, wow, you know, maybe this is actually a sale that I don't want to take because this specific individual is going to be hard on the company. Maybe there's a high likelihood they're going to ask for a refund. Uh, They're probably going to take it more resources than what we're actually willing to offer. So instead of thinking selfishly for myself, where I'd say, well, I'd really love to put two grand in my pocket right now. This is more of something where I need to get the right person inside of the company, because if I think that the company can grow, then they're going to have more customers that are flowing my way. I'm going to be able to do more with the resources that I have, which means instead of just putting $10,000 into my pocket over the long span or the long uh, looking long term, I'll be able to put a hundred grand in my, into my pocket and not have to worry about, well, what am I going to do six months from now if I brought all these bad customers into this company and they actually can't support me anymore? Right. So it's it's being thinking long term and thinking much more broadly and strategically than what's immediately in front of you. Correct. Correct. We got to be able to see long term and outside of that short term scope. Andrew, who are your ideal customers? So the ideal customers that I have right now are people that are people that are and I know it sounds cliche, but people are they're, they're doing the right things for the right reasons. My target customer is somebody who is very passionate about helping out whoever their end customer is. This isn't somebody who's willing to do something that is your quote unquote, get rich quick or the shiny object syndrome. Somebody who's looking to have a business that's long-term that want to be able to see their customers have tons of success if they own their own business or they have their own product, or maybe it's a weight loss program, whatever it may be. I want to be able to have somebody, my target client is somebody that has a customer that is really looking for something as terms of a positive result that is long-term, not just a short-term win. So that actually ties in really well with the question I'm about to ask you, which is what have you done to build consistent, stable revenue in your own business? What do you find that works really well? Yeah, you know what? That's, that's an awesome question. And not everybody thinks like this because most people do see things short-term. I had an individual that came to me for some consulting advice and I kept telling him what to look for, you know, in the long five to 10 year span. And he kept asking me the same question over the period of 45 minutes. But Andrew, what do I do short term? What do I do short term? What do I do short term? I said, you're not thinking about things the correct way. It's like you got to. Yes, you do need to be focused on, you know, what are you going to do for tomorrow to be able to put money on the or like put food on the table? But if you don't have a long term strategy, then you're going to have to keep worrying about it. What's going to happen next month? You're going to have to worry about it again. After that, you're going to have to worry about it again. You get into this nonstop loop of being stressed out, um, talking to your spouse about you know what's going wrong at work, those kind of things. So what I've found that I can do to make sure that I get these consistent clients that are looking to do these right things is you do have to be able to talk to the individual at first, but you just want to see what their track record is like. So are there typical customers, customers they've, that they've had for maybe a period of two months to four months? and then they got to move on to a new customer? Or is their track record a little bit more consistent? And by consistent, I mean two things. It's either consistent and they're always serving the same customer and they always get positive results or positive testimonials, or it's have they been serving a specific client, but they've just graduated to the next step, or maybe their offer has evolved a little bit. Because an evolving offer is okay, because it means that you're adapting to the situation. 
put an offer that changes consistently, or you're, maybe you're selling widget A, and then you're selling widget B, and then you're selling widget C. Those are the individuals that I don't like to take on as clients, because all I know is that it's going to be a very short-term experience, and we're not going to be able to do business five to 10 years from now. I also want to protect my own, my own sanity, because if I keep changing directions, I'm going to get worn out, and I'm not even going to have fun in my job and in life. Right. So is the way that you set up your relationship with your clients a way that provides consistent, stable revenue for your business? Correct. It's a way that provides consistent, stable revenue. Because I don't like to hunt for the new win every 30 to 90 days. Right. So you're looking for the, the kinds of clients that work well for you are the ones that, that think like you. They're thinking long-term, and they're also looking for a long-term relationship with somebody who's going to help them with sales. Correct, David. And let me know if this makes sense. But what I found out is that when you seek out these certain individuals, you are a lot less stressed within your business. Your customers or your clients are a lot less stressed in their business. And everything just flows a lot smoother. Usually things like arguments inside of the office, um, people blaming each other, people wanting to sue each other. These things just don't happen. It makes perfect sense. So, Andrew, in the work that you do with them, is it consulting? Is it coaching? Is it um, you're actually selling for them? Or what's your role typically? So, typically, it's not an all-in-one package. How I work with clients is I start I start by selling their product. The reason why I do that because being on the ground floor, being in the trenches, learning what actually is going on, is required to do any sort of additional consulting. If I don't actually know what it's like to be on the ground floor and to sell the product. It's very hard to be able to help that company. So I do my grunt work in the beginning. I see exactly what's going on, how all the pieces look like on the chessboard. And then if it makes sense, we move more into a consulting role. I can tell them I know exactly how everything works. I can see that this is successful and maybe X, Y, Z is not. These are the things that we want to change. And based off of these suggestions, I would be able to predict a whatever it is, 50% ROI, 2X ROI, whatever the case may be. And that's how I work with the with the clients that I have. I work in two different ways. Um, some are just on on that basic foundational level. And some of the other clients that I have, I actually work with them in terms of doing sales with them in the beginning and then becoming business partners to be able to have a more longer term relationship. And Andrew, what's your vision for what you want your business to become long term? So where I want my business to become long term is I want to be able to find the right partners in business. Um, I understand that having to go through several different ones, you may find ones that work, you may find ones that don't, but I want to find a core group of partners, which I can be able to consult and to be able to run the business with that are that are long-term and that I could just grow and have good relationships with as well. Sounds great. Andrew, if someone wants to get in touch with you and go deeper with anything we've discussed or get in touch with you, where would they go? So the best the best place to find me is either on the Facebook platform or LinkedIn. You could find me just by looking up my name, Andrew Izumi. I should be one of the only ones, if not the only one out there. Sounds great. Do you have a free gift for our audience? Yeah. So I've got a free gift. Uh, it's, a, it's a short little video training series. You can go to highticketmomentum.com, short little training series where you can watch it you can get a couple of tips and tricks on how to sell high ticket products, which we would consider to be $2,000 and above. And if it makes sense to you, we can actually hop on a free consultation call and see if there's any way that we can work together in business in the future. Sounds like a great offer. Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. 
and share your insights. My guest today has been the CEO of eBooms, Andrew Izumi. Thank you again, Andrew, for joining us. David, this has been a whole lot of fun. I really appreciate it. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned how Andrew has developed the mindset that focuses on all the parties that need to win in order for a sale to be beneficial in the long term and much more. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Smashing the Plateau to you for free. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.